1: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
0: Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. This is The Fan Evening Show. Josh Taylor here till 10.30. A little bit of an abbreviated shift, if you will. It's the last two minutes of a game. We're going short shifts. Got a lot of ice time on this particular show. Yes, I'm using hockey analogies because the Penguins are playing right now. It just felt like the easy thing to do. Plus, I see a, a, a promo with the promo code skate right now on the monitor. So it was easy to do. However, we're talking baseball at the top of the nine o'clock hour. Alex Stumpf will join me. We'll discuss a few things. Pirates Rule 5 draft is coming. Winter meetings are coming. Hot stove season has already started. A lot of things to jump around with there. Hall of Fame ballot. That was announced. Anybody else seeing the Hall of Fame ballot as a joke yet? Has it it gotten just to the point where it's just absolutely ridiculous to you? Where it just feels like an exercise in futility each year? Because they'll put guys on the ballot that folks want to see in the Hall of Fame. And then they'll just be just like Lucy and pull the football away from Charlie Brown. Oh, here's Barry Bonds on the ballot, but we didn't put him in the Hall of Fame. Oh, here's Roger Clemens. We'll put him on the ballot. Nope, not going to the Hall of Fame. We're not going to put him in. David Ortiz, we like that guy, even though he did the same things that we think Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds did, so we'll put him in. We like that guy. Huh? That's that work? I, we'll, we'll discuss the ridiculous, the ridiculousness of this ballot, because there's a couple other guys on that ballot. That I think should already be in. But for some odd reason we're like. Nah we can't put those guys in. But the guys that should be in. That should be no brainers. We're not putting them in either. Over something that we think they did. That we never questioned. While they were suspected to be doing it. We just winked and nudged. And watched them do what they do. And celebrated it as we were happening. And none of us were the least bit skeptical. It's. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. But we'll talk about it with Alex. Listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from Baseball Card Castle in Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at noon on the 937thefan.com contesting page. So we'll talk baseball with Alex Stump at 9 o'clock. 9.45, Allen Saunders, Steelers now. We'll talk expectations for the second half of the Steelers season. Talked about that at the top of the show. What are your expectations? We'll find out from Alan Saunders. And then at 10 o'clock, we'll also find out what Jeff Hathorne's expectations are for the Steelers in the second half. Plus, we'll talk a little bit of pens with Jeff, trying to sort out what's happening right now as far as his losing streak goes. Plus, plus, we're trying to slide a little college hoops talk in there. Jeff covers Pitt. He covers Duquesne. We saw him at the Duquesne-Montana game last night. We sat next to each other on press row at UPMC Cooper Fieldhouse. Plus, he's actually covering Robert Morris' game tonight. Jeff's everywhere. He's a guy does a lot of good stuff. He just never misses. Jeff's good like that. But he'll join me at 10. But I, I talked about this at the top of the show, and I kind of wanted to move this a little bit forward because – what I talked about as part of that discussion, I talked about the expectations for the second half, and I'll give you mine here in a second. Part of mine revolve heavily around the return of two guys that I mentioned at the top of this show. Guys that I thought needed to be a part of this team in order to do those things that I thought they needed to do to win football games, which is, once again, say it with me, folks. Play defense run the football, don't turn it over. Those were the three things they needed to do to have a shot at doing anything this season. And as long as those things continue to not happen, they're going to have the same problems. The beatings will not stop until morale improves. Sorry. But the return of two guys are what shape my outlook for the second half of the season. The return of TJ Watt is the obvious one. Then there's the not-so-obvious one, the one that I think makes a lot more of an impact on the back end than it does the front end. And I'm not talking about William Jackson III, although I think he helps too. I'm talking about DeMonte KZ. That's a guy that I want to see what he can do with the back half of this defense, because he's a guy that I think they need. He's a guy that I think they've needed all season long. And part of the reason why is because he contributes a lot of different things. What's one of the biggest knocks on some of the guys on this Steelers defense is that they can only do one thing. Devin Bush, not that great in run support. Pretty good in coverage, though, right? One thing. Robert Spillane, not so great in coverage, but pretty good against the run. One thing. At least that's the reputations that they have. Good at doing one thing. Now, Miles Jack does a little bit of both. Neither thing great, but both parts of it are passive. Miles Jack, more more Jack of all trades, pun intended, Jack of all trades, master of none, right? So not exactly the same kind of linebacker, but at least there's a little bit of raised level of expectation. There's that word again. Terrell Edmonds, I don't expect him to do a lot of things well, but if he can do one thing right on every snap, then he's probably doing his job. And more importantly, when he's keeping that area near the line of scrimmage, quiet and then he's doing that one thing well and that's really all they need him to do
2: make a play or two if he's actually in 2d de- when the whole family comes together to watch the game nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store with instacart you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour less time shopping means more game time let's go Visit Instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Ten dollar minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, fine.
0: Other than that, that area near the line of scrimmage, or maybe even the middle of the field, if you're covering the tight end, that's that's where you're living right now. And believe it or not, contrary to popular belief, most days he does that very well. Most days. But that's the one thing I expect from him. A couple other guys on this team. And you can go position by position. This guy's good at stuff in the run. This guy's a little bit better in coverage. This guy's a little bit better in man. This guy's a little bit better in zone. There are a handful of guys on this defense that can do more than one thing. Shall we run them down? Let's run them down. Cam Hayward can be disruptive in the run game. Can be disruptive in the pass game. He can win one-on-one. He can beat double teams. He can chew up blocks. He can make it harder for teams to deal with that interior. He can do more than one thing. T.J. Watt is the best pass rusher, probably their second best run defender, one of their best playmakers on the ball, and behind, and behind Micah Fitzpatrick, probably their second most instinctive guy. He does more than one thing. Matter of fact, he does multiple things. He comes off the edge very quickly. Really good run stuffer. Plays well at the line. If he can't get to the quarterback, he can get his hands up and make plays that way. And he can turn deflections into inter- interceptions He can force turnovers. He does a lot of things well. Maker Fitzpatrick is another guy who does a lot of different things. Another guy who could force turnovers. Very smart on the ball. Knows how to take open space and occupy it well. And if he has to, can make a player to a run support but if he has to make plays and run support things have gone wrong key example last season when your free safeties leading your team in tackles things ain't going too great you guys up front aren't cutting the mustard but the fact that making fitzpatrick can do more than one thing is what makes him valuable but that's where the list pretty much grows cold that's where it stops enter demonte kz He's a guy who can get you tackles. He's had three seasons with at least 50 tackles. If he's played at least 16 games, he can intercept passes. He's got 12 in his career. And the majority of have come in three of the last four seasons. Actually, all of them have come in three of the last four seasons. He can play both safety positions. He can play free. He can play strong because he's done it in his career. He played strong in Atlanta. He played free in Dallas. He can play in the slot. He can play on the line. He can play off the line. He can do more than one thing. It makes it easier for a defense to be able to shut other teams down if you can do more than one thing. Because if you can't do more than one thing, guess what the other team is going to do? They're going to exploit the one thing you can't do. And they're going to do it all day long. Any coach worth his salt is going to look at a group of guys on the field and say, oh, wait a minute, this guy can't do well against the run, this guy can't do well against the run, and this guy can't do well against the pass. Well, here's what we'll do. We'll run to this guy's side, and we'll throw to that guy's side. And watch the productivity pile up. Watch the chains move. Watch the conversions happen. And eventually, watch that team get into the end zone because they have exploited the other team's weaknesses. Now, by getting two guys back, they now have, Two guys that can do more than one thing. And you need more players on this defense that could do more than one thing. Why? Because it means they can't be exploited. It gives you a better opportunity to have better results based on any situation. That's why having DeMonte Casey back is so important. That's why when he got hurt in the preseason, I'm holding my breath like, oh, crap. That's one guy you can't afford to lose. Then when T.J. Watt got hurt against Cincinnati, I'm going, oh, crap. That's one guy you can't afford to lose. I talked about all the questions I get when I'm out and about. You know what one of them I get the most often is? Why does his defense look so different without T.J. Watt? Because T.J. Watt does more than one thing really well. When you are a team's best pass rusher, when you are a team's second best run stopper, when you're a team's second best guy at the line of scrimmage as far as limiting quarterback space, And when you are the second best playmaker around the ball on a team, guess what? You could do a lot of things that most of the guys in that group can't do. So if you disappear, guess what happens? Everything else goes down. Let me give you two other examples of guys who are really good at doing more than one thing. You know who this defense has missed over the last, I don't know, five seasons? Ryan Shazier. Why? He was one of the fastest guys on the field. He was one of their best run stuffers. He was one of their best guys in coverage. He was one of the most instinctive and best playmakers on that unit. And that day in December when he went down against Cincinnati and never came back, that defense's future was altered tremendously. That was a nexus event for all you MCU fans out there. You lose a guy that means that much to a unit and things are going to look different. How many times... That we see in Troy Paul Omalu's career, where he would make plays against the run, where he'd make plays pursuing the quarterback, where he'd make plays in the passing game, where he'd make plays as far as getting interceptions, forcing cup fumbles, recovering fumbles, running plays back, making instinctive plays all over the field because he was good at doing all those things. In a lot of areas, he was the best at those things. If he wasn't the best, he was the second best. So when that guy was hurt or when that guy retired, guess what? The defense looked entirely different. Because when you got one guy that means so much to a unit and you lose him and there's no one to replace everything that he does. Of course, things are going to look different because you just lost a guy who does more than one thing. So if there's something that raises my expectations in the second half of this season, it's getting two guys back that do more than one thing. And they need that on this group because there's too many guys. That can only do one thing. What's the one thing we hear a lot when we hear Mike Tomlin talk about guys not only making the roster, but being out on the field and their value to the team? The more you can do, right? The more you can do. You got two guys that embody the more you can do that are hopefully returning to this unit soon, and they need them because there aren't enough guys that personify the more you can do. Got an update on deck. Got more to talk about in the bottom half of the hour. Top of the hour, Alex Stump's going to talk baseball with me. Hot stove season, MLB Hall of Fame ballot. let's well, just say baseball Hall of Fame ballot. All that stuff coming up. Josh Taylor, 93.7 The Fan.